position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite... The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Uh, this is being recorded on 2016-0702, July 2nd. Uh, makes it a Saturday at 10.17 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, Pacific coast time out here on the left coast. The coast with the most. We have just a ton of shit to talk about uh, this week. But... Before we forget, happy 4th of July weekend. Try not to set yourselves on fire. Try to be a little careful, but just a little careful. So if you do set yourself on fire, that's cool. You know, that's totally fine. That's a completely acceptable outcome. But, you know, just try not to set yourself on fire. Don't do it intentionally. Or And that goes the same for uh, those around you. Um, try not to set them on fire as well. So happy 4th of July weekend. That, of course, means that we still have two more days of the Steam Summer Sale. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Uh, My allergies are acting up. Let's have some whiskey. Oh, man. I have to say that I'm pretty nervous about the fate of this episode um, because I've assembled quite a list. Uh, Our second 
or a second super do not miss these fucking deals because they're going to blow your mind uh, list. But I also have a bunch of top stories and there are a couple of games I want to talk about. And two of our top stories are kind of discursive, digressive, whatever the fuck, aggressive, depressive. And, uh, oh yeah. And to make matters worse of all, I am about as sober as I've ever been at the start of recording one of these episodes. So, oh God, and they never go well. They never go well. I need the booze. Okay, so here's our power pellet. Ooh, a little foreshadowing there. Mm. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and jams. Mmm. Mmm. Ah. Okay, so. In our top stories. And, you know, I... this The, the reason why we're... The reason why we're um, a little later than uh, normal, normally like this show comes out Friday night going into Saturday morning, the reason why we're a little late, later than normal is that I've been, I, I pu- it was intentional, I've been pushing, I pushed it back as far as I could go while waiting for better news to, you know, hoping that better news would somehow magically pop up and obviate what I have as, you know, just just as a journalist here, just as a as your earnest and faithful reporter. I can't change the facts. Don't kill the messenger. And forgive me, I hate to focus on something that's this negative, but uh <clears throat> it's it's pretty negative. So, mighty number nine, mighty no nine. Um, for those of you who've never uh, listened to the show before, we've been following it. Um, I've been following it for all three years, actually. Um, but we've been following it. it. It appeared on our radar on this show about, I guess, like maybe a month ago, three weeks ago, when they add, when they uh, added Linux support to their Steam page. So, the game came out on the twenty first. They said, you know, it'd be Linux compatible at launch. Um, game came out on the 21st of June, um, and it didn't have Linux support, and, uh, it took him a while to issue a statement about that, but then there were rumors that someone had said that, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, uh, Linux, the Linux port of it will be out in three days. Three days later, they said it would be out next week. Next week came and went, and suddenly there was a great gulf of silence. It has now been... Two weeks since uh, since Linux support was supposed to blah, and I have most of what I have read. It's very difficult to track what is actually factual, especially because no one wants to give me a comment. And we'll talk about that in a moment too. But um, so getting, I don't really have anything from the horse's mouth, but I do have a very good understanding, at least, of what um, the prevailing. Uh, tone, attitude, and my understanding of the situation based off of what I've read from forums and shit over the, especially over the last three days. Because about four days ago was when I started to get really tired of seeing that there was no Linux support because frankly that sucks. Like they didn't have to promise it. You know, they they only added the promise of Linux support like, you know, ten days before they actually launched. So it's like you didn't have to do that. You know, you didn't have to you didn't. If it was going to be such a problem, you know, you, you probably shouldn't have said it 
because you're making a promise at that point and you're taking people's money. So like four days ago, I started getting really fed up and, you know, but but by the same token, I tried to keep an even keel. And so then I, I jumped on the forums and started reading just like all of this shit from all these people who are just, they are beating the fuck out of Mighty Number no. 9. It seems just generally for all platforms, the entire gaming universe of fucking either, I don't I, you know, I... I hate to just characterize these people as, you know, fanboys or fucking losers or whatever, but I, you know, and I haven't read everything that's been posted to the fan forums on the Steam store, but I've read a lot. I read a lot more than I, I usually read for any other game, and in this case, I'm going to say shut the fuck up to everyone, first of all, because people are conflating. It seems like people are going stupid crazy, like they're getting, they're getting crazy and then they're going stupid. Um, and they're conflating issue X and Y and saying that they're, that that's why, uh, thing Z, which is not true, is true, and everyone hates this fucking game, and they're beating the shit out of it. Um, I think there, a lot of people are taking out their aggression, especially after reading the fan forums. A lot of people, a lot of disgruntled people who, you know, not... I gotta say, it's fucking, not only is it immature, it's idiotic and immature, so that's like kind of like the Bush administration right there, it's like it's that caliber is stupid is what's going on, it seems like a lot of people um, after discovering and I'm not even talking about, this is, this goes across the board, it's not just limited to Linux a lot of people, like even Windows gamers, um, in fact I, I bet, I pretty sure that's where the bulk of the negative reviews have come from from the Windows community. Yes, Ivor, I guess we're going to go for an hour today. We're going to go long today. Fuck it, because I got a lot to talk about, and and I'm, I'm really depressed. I got, I got an issue. This depressed the hell out of me, and then I have another issue that's depressing. So anyway, it seems like a lot of people who... For those of you not familiar with Mighty Number no. 9, historically, because at this point, the development process for My- Mighty Number no. 9 has lasted so long as it can be measured not just in fiscal quarters, not just in um, technological cycles, not just in months or years, but in epochs and eras. Um, it, you know, uh, it's been going. Mighty Number no. 9 development process has taken over three years. I remember when it was announced, um, I think before the Kickstarter even, uh, it was over three years ago. And Mighty Number no. 9 is a one-man show. It's an independent developed Mega Man-styled side-scrolling platformer, and it's being developed basically by a team of one guy. So... There's there's that. Eventually, there's a Kickstarter campaign, part of which uh, the stretch goals were Mac and Linux support. But uh, it's a one-man show. It's it's as independent as you can get. I mean, he might have two other people working with him, but I don't think so. I think it's a one-man show. Which is why... Okay, so I understand getting frustrated. I mean, I've spent some time over the last three years anxiously awaiting for Mighty Number no. 9 even though I thought I was never going to be able to play it because Linux support is only just recently um, or the prospect of it was just recently announced um, but I've looked at this game and I've had moments of impatience waiting for it myself 
um, especially during the first year or so. Um, but after a year, you know, like the Bayesian, the Bays in all of us should be able to take the experience of, you know, every three months getting really frustrated waiting for Mighty Number no. 9 to come out. After a year, after you've repeated that process for four times, maybe you should make the leap that I, you know, that I did. Evidently, like, I'm a superhuman or something because a lot of people evidently just, this has never occurred to them. Maybe the fact that it's already taken a year is probably going to indicate that it's going to take a long time. That maybe... And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to cast technical, I'm not trying to cast aspersions or blah, um, in terms of like the technical abilities of the developer, but maybe this guy, you know, is either a real, maybe this guy doesn't have all of his ducks quite in a row, um, and it's gonna take a long time as, you know, he tries to fucking, you know, it's not an easy thing to do when you know what you're doing and you have a team of a thousand people doing it with you um, and, you know, a huge budget and endless amounts of um, resources. It's still not easy. Making a game is fucking hard. And so when you're one guy and maybe, you know, you're kind of learning learning on the job um, or trying to adapt to the technical challenges because after a certain point when, a, when the development process goes on for like over three years... I mean, it's difficult to fucking... You have to fucking basically re-engineer the game because at that point, like, it's an entirely new um, generation of hardware is out there. You know, the fucking engines have been updated. Um, the whole tool chain of whatever has gone into designing and making the game so far might need to be updated. The whole thing might need to be, you know, refactored um, in, a, in, in a broad sense. So anyway, my overall impression of what's going on right now is a lot of people who waited and waited and waited for these three years and who didn't really understand that the idea of like a Kickstarter um, of contributing to a Kickstarter doesn't mean that like you know you own someone and they are now your slave. Although I kind of support, I you know I, I I'm all for holding, you know not just developers, not just Kickstarter people, Kickstarter people who start Kickstarter campaigns to fund their projects, but you know I'm a big fan of holding developers across all aspects of the industry accountable, um, you know even for decisions that might not they might not even be directly um, in control of or responsible for, you know things that might have been might have come down from on high from like you know the publisher or whatever about the project I'm all for holding people responsible um you know and holding their feet to the fire when it's egregious and bad and I'm all calling people on their bullshit um which is the only which is you know one of the reasons why I tried to avoid having to you know address this topic this week um cause it's not happy this isn't making anyone happy uh, but what will make me happy is fucking calling these people on the carpet who are fucking giving the game like zero star reviews or whatever. They're saying, you know, this game sucks. Let's take a look at the unmitigated horror of Mighty Number no. Nines. Let's see, Mighty, uh, Mighty Number. Okay, Mighty Number no. Nine, nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. So. So far, the overall reviews have been mixed. 1,267 reviews. Um, 
Most of them are negative. All the recent ones are negative. Not recommended. Eight and a half hours in record. What's difficult, though, is the sheer volume of the reviews that have been added over the last, you know, since the 21st. Makes it difficult to really, you know, blob. But I've just watched the the reviews for Mighty Number no. 9 precipitously plummet into abject Stygian negativity. And from what I read on the forums and from what I've read... Um, you know, just over the last 10 days, interstitially, as I, you know, just check out the review page, it seems like a lot of people have found that the game in its, you know, final release, because it's out of early access, that the game is, has got some, some crashy, it's, it's a crashy, you know, just post early access, you know, just post beta build, um, and there's some stability issues depending on your platform and blah 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 um, and it seems like a lot of people who have waited maybe since their 6th birthday because that's like the level of maturity that they're evincing are so disappointed and so shocked that a, a game developed by one guy isn't technically flawless after waiting 3 years for it I mean fuck man you know, like, it's, for me, for my money, I stopped waiting for the game over two years ago. I just, I put it out of my mind. Um, you know, if you, if, 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 if you know one guy is behind a game and you know that it's taken him three years to get post beta, you know, like a, a really version 1.0 release, you have to know that he doesn't have a team of 180 testers who've put the game through, you know, a cumulative 15 to 20,000 hours worth of playtesting. So, like, you know, yeah, there's going to be a lot of bugs. You know, I'm just surprised that... So, what I'm trying to say here is, even though I am really, really nervous about the Linux support, because it, from my understanding, is that actually it's out of the developer's hands... Um, he's done all the coding for the Linux port already, and it's going through a, a QA pass or whatever um, through uh, I can't remember the name of the dev- uh, of the publisher um, who's publishing this uh, uh, Deep Silver. But they're you know generally they're a pretty good pub. Anyway, they're taking they're dragging their feet and they're making it take a long time to get the ports out. But what what I really wanted to address here is you can't punish. It's almost impossible to trust any of these reviews because I haven't read a single one of them that is thoughtful, to say nothing of articulate, thoughtful and rational critique of the game. Just because the game... Okay, so like, and I was talking to my friend Jeff, Jeffy Wise, about this and making a... uh, trying, doing my best to make a careful and trying not to make it a tortured distinction, or at least not too much of a tortured distinction, between, okay, so yeah, Mighty Number 9, it's not that stable. It'll crash a lot. We waited three years. Some of us have waited a lot longer than, you know, others in terms of backing the Kickstarter. A lot of people are disappointed that it's not, that the, you know, 1.0 isn't quite as stable or maybe not quite what they had it hoped for. The difference, yeah, that sucks. And trust me, there's nothing more frustrating than a game that just crashes on you, you know, especially when you're enjoying it. I got to experience this while, but that's a different story. You don't need to know about that because I did take a peek on it, take a peek of Mighty Number 9 on uh, Windows. And actually, it didn't crash. I just had some stability issues uh, streaming it to my Linux box. But anyway, that's a different story. 
comparing a game that took one guy three years to develop that has crash that you know that has some stability issues profound though they may be uh depending on your system comparing that game from a critical perspective to um let's say a triple a title like uh the last batman game that not only did they drop linux support they dropped all support they fucking that game had 1,500 fucking people working on it. it. took them, you know, the better part of half of a decade to kick it out. That is unacceptable. That's a, you know, multi, multi, multi-million dollar title. And it's unacceptable for those kinds of issues to really happen at this day and age of development, um, especially across platforms, because it's so much easier to handle, you know, actually interacting with broad sets of hardware now than it used to be it's not like you have to fucking you know it's not anyway it's not like we're in the stone ages here so when when a developer fucks up a major developer fucks up a hundred million dollar game like that with a you know a you know that's just embarrassing i mean it's it's a crying shame and they need to be called on the carpet for it but to try to blame one a, a team of one guy who trust me this guy has not abandoned this game after three fucking years, you know, to to try to punish this title for its 1.0 being crashy and to have nothing, you know, at all. I played it for about 15 minutes. I thought it was super fun. Um, you know, 15 minutes is not enough to even have an informed opinion of the game, but, like, you know, I'm not saying anything, really, about my opinion of the game because I don't have one. Um, and it looks like people are just trying to kill, you know, by, by virtue of, and that's the other thing about a one man team. This guy is, trust me, his hair has been on fire now for two years as he's tried to build a game that is responsive to the community as he tries to field and track down requests. His email box probably for the last nine months uh, of his life has probably been a fucking catastrophic nightmare. Each one with a separate aleatory issue that's unique and has to be chased down across, you know, blah. He's one guy. Regardless, even if he knows exactly what he's doing. So the fact that he even reached the finish line in my fucking perspective is almost laudable in of itself, you know. I've just never seen such real visceral acrimony and just such a total abandonment of like any sort of like logical conception. These people seem to be hardcore gamers. Whether or not they're twelve years old is immaterial, um, and whether or not you're angry is immaterial. You can't try to punish a game, you know. Especially like it's like yeah, you waited three years. One would think that you would have gotten used to waiting for this game to be finished. You know, one would think that you, you're technically literate enough to understand the development process at this point. Because I, hey, you know, <laughs> you've had three years to even learn. You've learned the technical, you've learned uh, one of the biggest aspects of the entire software development process, which is waiting for the problems to be solved as someone works very hard on them. And yeah, he hasn't been that responsive to the community at some points because he's working 20 hours a day on it. You know, uh, there's no time to answer email, and he doesn't know when it's going to be done. And yes, I'm working on it. I am trying. And no, I have not abandoned the game. And yes, you know, blah, blah. So I just feel terrible. 
I just feel terrible about all of this. And I, I feel doubly terrible that for whatever reason, he promised Linux and Mac support on day one, you know, 10 days before he released, which made me have like a pretty good, you know, like 25% positive feeling that maybe it would actually happen. And when you, when you backtrack on a promise like that, that you didn't have to make and you're still taking money from people, I start to get fairly angry fairly quickly. Um, yeah, and there was a rumor that like they took they took off Linux and Mac support from the game's webpage, which I haven't been able to get to. Um, I went to go fact check this that this happened a couple of days ago, but they left Linux and Mac support um, offered on the uh, Steam Store page. I don't know if that's actually true, and I don't think that he really has control over that anymore, realistically, because he's not even really publishing the game. It got picked up by Deep Silver or whatever. Um, okay, here we go. Here's a rational. Okay, so this guy spent 0.7 hours on record, not recommended, posted June 26. Okay, before I do this review, I want to make something perfectly clear, and this is all in caps. Kickstarter is not a pre-order platform. It is an investment platform. Anybody who says otherwise is lying or sorely mistaken. That said, I also backed this game on Kickstarter. I mourn the loss of the Mega Man series. Uh, okay, let's see. Hang on, hang on. Uh, I wanted to see what KJ interfering to do with creative freedom to make the game he wanted to and without Capcom's interference. Well, boy, howdy, I guess I got to see that. Um, terrible voice acting, real, cute character, utterly gutted, many personality, interesting details, real, floaty controls. I didn't find them floaty at all. Terrible animations, real. I thought they were pretty smooth. God-awful stage backgrounds. Yeah, they're kind of cartoony. But anyway, it's kind of difficult to, like, trust anyone who even attempts to have a critical perspective on this game um, especially given the fact that it seems to be very crashy. I mean, because I don't think you, I don't think even if you're a fucking critic who got a fucking pre-release of it and has managed to spend 20 hours with it, and God knows I'm the only fucking person who ever spends it that long before I'll even consider, uh, you know, formulating a review opinion and, and couching it as, uh, you know, an informed critical perspective and putting it in print or going on the record with it. But then again, I have ethics and the rest of the world is just a fucking nightmare. Um, you know, I wouldn't trust anyone who has anything to say about Mighty Number no. 9 at this point because clearly there's more work to be done on the game. Oh, yeah, you formed a real in depth critical understanding of the game, even though everyone says that it crashes all the time. Hmm. How did you do that? How did you get that? I've heard that it's so unstable that some of the boss encounters, which are fair, evidently fairly epic, are almost impossible to complete before, you know, the game inevitably crashes. Um, I got like 15, 18 minutes on uh, the one time I, I sat down to play. It says that I have 1.7 hours on record playing my number nine. That's not true. But anyway... So there's a lot of shit about Mighty Number no. Nine, and almost all of it is something to feel very bad about um, <laughs> from every possible perspective. So that's Mighty Number no. Nine. Now, because I'm evidently, I'm not even that angry. I'm trying not to, you know, because it's like I feel like I have to be the fucking referee here. Like the, I have to be the adult in the room, and that, my friends, is not just a sign of the coming apocalypse, but that is. That's like, you know, oh, okay, yeah, we are actually enduring the apocalypse when Seth has to be the adult in the room. The biggest drunken maniac on the face of the planet is going to be the referee and arbitrate 
uh, this dispute. Um, but I mean, it just seems like this fucking Visigoth fucking descent, like locust, Lord of the Flies, to destroy this game. And I think that, like, I don't know. I think that I think that it's unfair. Um, that it should have that that you know when the game is actually ultimately finished, that it should have to face, even though technically, quote unquote, it is finished. It's out of early access, but that it should have to face a future where it's already saddled with one thousand two hundred sixty-seven negative reviews. That sucks. And it's unfair. Um, you know, if you have to rant about the game, go on the forums. You know? But you're never gonna, you know, you're punishing, you're not just punishing the developer or anybody, you're punishing yourselves and you're publishing the gaming community at large who looks at the store for Steam and looks to the ratings, the reviews, you know, I, I guess there isn't a way, there is no, like, info box that you could write to warn people off of, I wouldn't buy the game right now, by the way, in case you can't tell. If you're a fucking idiot and you haven't, you know, if, you, if you're incapable of formulating any thoughts based on uh, evidence presented for you on your own, then uh, just in case, you know, you are a mindless fucking idiot like that, then yeah, what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't buy it right now. Anyway, so that's Mighty Number 9. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk... Okay. Actually, this is going to be fairly... This will be fairly close to, like, maybe 45 minutes, Ivor. I Crack Engineer Ivor Molina in the book. Yes, you're right, Ivor. That's the smartest suggestion you've made in months. Ivor has just held up the steno pad to the window saying... More whiskey. M-O-H-A-R. Nice. Nice, Ivor. So, cheers. You know, fuck Mighty Number 9. If it ever comes out on Linux, you you know it, baby. Whether it's good or bad, I will put my 40 hours in and I will fucking review it. But I will, you know, that's a, that, it's one of the functional by, it's one of the unfortunate byproducts of instead of, see, like, the thing about Okay, so I had I reviewed hundreds of games in print um on a weekly basis for years for a major paper. Um and one of the nice things about having that track record and also I would like to say just humbly at this point uh in terms of the run of this show, we're up to 88 episodes. That's like at least listening for 4 days or something like that non-stop 24 hours a day, something like that. Um I have, why should you trust me more so than just any idiot who walks in off the street and has played Mighty Number no. 9? Well, I have a critical track record. That's the first thing. I, by virtue of that fact, I have a reputation. So even if I didn't care about um, gaming at all or about uh, offering the truth and or being, a, uh, you know, helping people by being, or through my earnest attempts to be a, staunch and steadfast uh, advocate and uh, what do you call it? Exponent? Not exponent. I try to I try to get the truth out there about games both good, bad, and different and otherwise. Um, even if I didn't care about any of that shit after 88 fucking episodes I have a track record that I have to protect 
And the only thing that you have as a critic is your reputation. Um, Not just for being generally accurate in terms of your facts, but it takes a while to build up enough of a critical perspective to where people know who you are and they can judge based off of like their knowledge of you and your perspective on previous games and how they felt about those games they have a better understanding of and that's that's all I'm here for I'm more of a sounding board kind of in the inverse otherwise you know I'm not you know I, I try not to talk way too much about underlying you know design theories or uh, industry shit it's not really a news show it's a the show is absolutely focused on play experiences and absolutely focused on Linux. So, you know, that's the thing that's unfortunate, you know, that we're seeing right here with Mighty Number 9 is a lot of fucking stupid people. I used to say this about Metacritic and shit like that. You know what? And this is long before those ever became popular. Like, Rotten Tomatoes was, like, the one that, like, it's, like, eight years ago, something like that. I was like, you know, this is going to be really bad because it's going to make a lot of people who search on IMDb for a um, a specific movie that they are kind of interested in um, that someone recommended to them. They're going to search on it for, they're going to search on IMDb for it, and they're going to see a Rotten Tomatoes score of... Now, you know, this is right when it was kind of new. We've been out for a couple years or whatever. And you see Ron Tomato's score of, like, seven. And if they were to check back, like, every, you know, six months, they would notice that, oh, wait, statistics. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you know what happens when you allow everyone to rate everything? The more popular it is, the more likely the odds are it's going to be an exact middle-of-the-road score. Because the goods are going to average out the bad. Everyone else is going to actually vote at the middle of the range. So the higher the sample sample size you take of that without any sort of um, descriptive opinion attached to those quote-unquote little votes, um, those critical thumbs up, thumbs down, or four, four and a half out of five stars, um, the more of those you get for anything, the worse that actual rating is not just worse in terms of like, you know, it goes like, you know, below the the threshold of whatever the median is. I mean, the worse that the accuracy of that rating actually probably is. It's pro- it could be way better or way worse than that is. And that's what you look for from a critical perspective. And to have a critical, you look to a critic who, someone like me, you know, someone drunk who's insane, who fucking does not pull his punches and who has 20 years of fucking covering video (laughs) oh my god, 17 years now oh shit, and books out and stuff like that, and if anything seems to be irrational fine fellow, what home don't you know chap house the gazebo, yes I I know, I'm getting to the whiskey and who's very punctual and uh, can express himself in just brevity, being the soul of wit you know, I mean, I'm like fucking Muhammad Ali. So, I'm the Shakespeare of boxing. That's what we learned so far this episode. So, speaking of despair, let's have this whiskey. Cheers! Mmm. Yes, and in the interest of maintaining our whatever, fastidious, health, fastidious, I don't know. Maintaining our health regime, let's have a cigarette as well. Mm. 
So, speaking of journalism, uh, one thing about, uh, I should have opened with this as I normally do. We have a correction last week's episode, which I only listened to like twice, and that was, you know, blah, but uh, I had to check back to make sure that the fine, <laughs> there were some audio problems. But anyway, I, I caught, uh, we did like fucking 30 deals in 30 minutes last week. So I've, I, I don't feel too bad about this, uh, error, which happened right at the very end of the goddamn episode. I misspoke after giving you the technical details and capsule reviews on 30 fucking games in 30 minutes. I misspoke while talking about, of course, um, uh, Grim Fandango. It accidentally came out of my mouth just sideways. And I was like, yeah, side-scrolling, side-scrolling adventure game. It's not a side-scrolling adventure game. In fact, there is no real perspective, per se, to Grim Fandango. But just in case anyone wanted to fucking piss me off. Yeah, well, suck my dick. There you go. There's my correction. I apologize for the error. Okay, now let's get into some profound darkness. So I've spent, um, since uh, this game was released... Uh, for those of you who can't tell or who don't listen to the show, I have spent a lot of time playing Duskers. Um, I would say at this point it averages to 20 hours a week. Uh, <laughs> since it was really spent 104 hours playing Duskers. It's gotten to the point where I now know this game. I'm very, very good at this game. Uh, I created a scorecard, actually. I designed a scorecard so that I could score my runs in Duskers. Uh, my current run is absolutely epic. It's been going on now for like over two weeks. Um, 1,306 days survived in the game so far. And I found some I found some actual design problems in certain elements. They're forgivable, but they're, they're small though they may be. I did write to Tim Keenan, who at one point before he realized that I was just a psychotic, psychotic, deeply obsessed fan, um... It's not true. I'm not deeply obsessed with anything. I, but I would like to talk to this guy for like 10 minutes. And I've been begging, trying not to be too much of an irritant. Um, you know, every two weeks or so, I've been sending him an email or a bug report or whatever. Going, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, if you ever have any time, I would love to get 10 minutes with you for the show. Um, and there was a point where like it looked like that might happen. But then like got crushed with, you know, the post-release of the game, and then they took, like, after the first week after the game came out, the whole team took, like, a week off, because they hadn't fucking seen their families in, like, half a year. Um, and then they got crushed again, because at that point, you know, the critical... Duskers is a very, 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 very good game. So, before going on the air, before beginning this week, this, this episode of the podcast... I was like, oh, you know what? I should clear my mind of all this Mighty Number no. 9 stuff. And I'm having some problems with, like, um, getting a certain technical aspect of one of my major projects to work myself, which is also a game that I'm working on. And I spent a lot of time over the last, you know, 72 hours trying to make this one element of it actually work. And it's very frustrating. And I was like, okay, let's, let, you know what? It's like baseball to me. Let's fire up some Duskers. Duskers will never fail you. Duskers is always there. Duskers, Duskers doesn't just want to love you. Duskers is love. Duskers is the patient, patient waiting to kill you. It's so happy to see you. And then I see on the recent news, top of the Steam page, 
from Rock Paper Shotgun. And this just so depressed me instantaneously. The headline was, it came out yesterday, How Typing Heightens Dusters Dusker's deep space horror. This is the mechanic where Alex Wilcher invites developers to discuss the inner workings of their games. This time, Dusker's that atmosphere, that rising tension, that emergent puzzle solving, that moment in Dusker's where deliberate planning turns to hell and you sit impotent in your So, I read that far and I was like, oh, I'm depressed. I don't want to do the podcast this week. I don't want to do anything ever again. And I'm going to, just in full disclosure... Tell you. Yes, we are going to do, by the way, our, our list of uh, Steam Summer Sale games this week is probably the most impressive that I have ever assembled for any of the Steam sales um, in the sense that it has a special theme and we are going to do it in 10 minutes. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time talking about this because I realized, like, I was like, oh, I can't, I don't want to do the podcast. I have to do the podcast right now. This is like literally like, you know, 30 minutes ago. No, actually, it was like an hour ago. We're already 40 minutes in. Oh, Jesus. I got really depressed. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this on the show. So one of the things that really sucks about not having the backing of, you know, the backing or the, I guess, the respectability. But I don't see respectability anymore. Anyway, I would love it if I could write for Rock, Paper, Shotgun. I am still good at game journalism. In fact, it's a fervent desire, even though I'm turning 36 very shortly. And I've, you know, I've been all around and up and down and inside and out from all levels of the industry. I would, right now, there is nothing I would like to do more than to write for Rock, Paper, Shotgun, which is one of the reasons why I don't read them that often, because I, it's only, I find they're, they're the majority of, of their copy content and editorial perspective um, and the, the, the general perspective of, of uh, their, their writers, critics, and theoreticians to be, you know, absolutely some of the best writing on video games that's out there right now. And I know I could be in that number. But I feel like I'm too old and I have no real resume that's relevant and I I would not be able to survive being rejected by Rock, Paper, Shotgun. To know oneself is to know God and at this point in my life I've been I've, I've been on top and on the bottom and everywhere in between long enough to know that oh God, if I got rejected from Rock, Paper, Shotgun I would be really, really, really depressed. So... It killed me though, because like I'm so desperate. I mean, like, and and Tim Keenan, the 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 developer, the lead developer, and I guess like the originator, the the guy behind Oscars has been very nice and whatever. But like, there's no way that he would ever get an interview that would be better, more insightful. Um, I'm not kidding because I I haven't played a game like I haven't played a game as much as Duskers that has been as original as Duskers for as many hours as I've put in. I haven't done I haven't so thoroughly explored every aspect of uh basically an entirely original game concept um in as long as I can remember. And like, oh god, if ever there was a moment in my life where I should fucking have the opportunity to to get 10 minutes with the developer so I could ask just three questions is all I really want to know about Duskers um you know and then I see 
Ah, I see this headline from Rock Paper Shotgun. I want to take my head off with a shotgun. Pack it all in. That's it. Turn out the lights. Call the cops, folks. The party's over. It's over for me. It's over for your old friends. Go get friends. No one needs me. No one understands. It's just because I'm old and drunk and mean. I have so much love to give. Thank you, Ivor. Okay. So... (laughs) <laughs> that brings us, of course, to our new Anorthy. <laughs> I told you it's bad. It's horrible when I try to do this podcast sober. Uh, yeah, I would just press the fucking button, man. Just do it. Just do it. I'll pull it up together. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, uh, before we get to, you know, our Steam Summer Sale picks, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to tease this endlessly. Like, I, I just really wanted to talk about those things and blah. Um, it's not intentional. Maybe if, if you end up hearing this and everything is reversed, if this is the second half of the show, then we'll know why. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that'll get fixed in the mix, but, you know. So we only have one, uh, just, just so we can get to... Um, Blah, and there really has only been one game that's come out since last last week that is at all interested, and it is it is called Screeps, Screeps, as in scripts, S C R E E P S, uh, Screeps, which I, I I just like calling it Screeps. Um, um, so if you know me at all, like you know that I have done my steadfast, goddamn level best. To avoid fucking program ever tolerating programming the video game. Because I'm a fucking programmer and I do enough programming, you know, blah. blah, blah. And so like I saw scripts and I'm like, oh fuck you, I'm never gonna get. But then like about I don't know, last week I was like, you know what? There was some kind of cool animation, cool uh gameplay and that video, uh, I don't know and it was just draw- JavaScript right JavaScript's a great language it's not my particular favorite to build anything of any consequence out of but uh it's one of the it's like you know if you ever if you ever really learned PHP then JavaScript's pretty much just like that um so you know you can, you can never really forget um any any of your javascript skills uh it you know it takes like an hour and you're oh yeah that's right that's right that's right that's right um Java, javascript though would be a well anyway, it doesn't matter cuz javascript is you know easier to work with objects than php is but it's still none of them are python then again python isn't doesn't have the same fucking um, functionality for uh uh, generating pages or has nothing that's even comparable to what PHP. Anyway, I don't know. Let's not think about that. In terms of SQL and stuff like that, it's, oh boy, I have done two projects in Python that have been object oriented, you know, major projects that have, been, that have been attempted to be data backed. Fucking, oh God, Python and SQL, it's like fucking. What? Can't think of two things like fucking. <sighs> skydiving and heroin. It's like two 
two things that really do not need to go together. Um, so, okay, so Screeps, that's the first thing, but it does look kind of cool, and I did play through about half the tutorial. Um, it's very cute, especially if you know anything about coding, or if you want to learn JavaScript, the tutorial kind of makes it fairly painless, and it'll get, you know, or if you never learned an object, if you've always been interested in programming, um, and maybe you've done some scripting in other languages like Bash or whatever, uh, but have never done anything that's actually been truly object-oriented, um, Screeps provides a very nice framework, actually, um, to learning basic object-oriented uh, principles, because um, it that's basically, you know, the tutorial basically shows you how to first, you know, script some behaviors from your scripts, um, like resource gathering, how to make them, you know, and familiarizes you with, like, basically the hooks that they have um, for uh, the individual scripts that, you know, blah, um, for what they're capable of doing, for the behaviors that they're capable of doing. But really from the word get-go, after that one-liner, they show you how to break everything out into classes. So you have these, you know, broad objects, and then you have uh, your methods and stuff like that. So if you've ever been wondering what object-oriented programming is, um, and I've never been able to get a straight answer from any programmer, you should have come to me. I would have told you exactly. But anyway, Screeps is kind of useful in that sense. It's $14.99. It's in early access. Now, here's the thing that really makes me a little nervous. With that $14.99, it says you buy Screeps plus 30 days of CPU subscription. After the 30 days are over, you'll be limited to 10 CPUs in the online mode. I have no idea what this means, although I did look at some of the pricing at some point, and it's like 10 bucks a month. That's a, you know, I I don't know, man. Like, I don't need programming the game in the first place, but I really don't need programming the game where I have to pay twice as much for the DigitalOcean droplet that powers my fucking website that runs the, you know, the index for this podcast. You know, so that made me really nervous, but Take a look at Screeps. Um, I found the tutorial, you know, for what I for what I did of it, um, to be really great. Really, uh, um, I, I it'd be perfect for like a fourteen or fifteen year old who's just spent their whole life talking about how they wanted to get into programming or whatever, and then just yeah, I can't do it. I don't have the tool. Makes it basically as as it's almost like learning basic. Um, my old days in like third grade and shit. So, so but it, it provides a way more robust and way more um. I think I think I think it might, especially by virtue of the fact that it's like a you versus other real people, but you don't have direct control over your script. Everything has to be programmed. Um, it has a really cool in-game console and stuff, so you can try out you know your one-liners to see. But I can totally imagine how very complicated. Um, ecosystems and uh, complex organizing principles and defense and aggressive exploration, resource gathering and uh, decision making stuff and logistics and shit like that um, can emerge from these simple origins. Uh, I just, I just did like the first four tutorials like I taught a script I, I added a method for script to fucking 
go get resources. Then we refined it so that uh, it had some checks in place to see, am I full of resources? How far are the resources? Do I need to go back and drop off my resources? Um, do I know where resources are? Something like that. I can't remember. That was what I, I think. Actually, I think that was what I was going to actually start coding. But I was like, you know what? I have to get the fuck out of here right now. So speaking of having to get the fuck out of here. How about some Steam Summer Sale during the last two days? All right, so we're going to clock in at just under an hour. Ivor, get the stopwatch ready. Yes, you're right, Ivor. Ivor is saying that in order to preserve my girlish figure and my broadcast-ready, magical, happy voice. Hello out there in Radio Link. Yes, that's right. We have great deals. Great, 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 great deals. For you, ah, the listener, um, you're right, Ivor. You're right. More whiskey and another cigarette. Mm. An hour and five minutes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So our theme for the, the our second episode... All the deals from last week, by the way, are still great deals. They're still available. The sale ends on, uh, on July 4th. Two days from now. Our theme for this week's list, our final list for the Steam Summer Sale, it's called the Impossible List of Ten. Why is it impossible? Well, it's not impossible for ten reasons. That would be great if I, if, if I had the time to come up with ten reasons, but I didn't have the time to come up with ten reasons, but it is impossible because it was impossible to come up with those ten reasons. What else is impossible? Is that every single game on this list of ten is absolutely a game that if I haven't already reviewed it on this show, then I have said glowing things about it. Every single game on this list is not just worth playing, but is like really, really, really a really, 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 really must play title. So then, Ivor, if you'll do the honors, first off, we have Party Hard. Party Hard, uh, the party-based... Oh, the party's over. Um, this game just recently got poured to Linux. It's where uh, you murder everyone at a party because you're trying to get some sleep, damn it. Party Hard, which just got poured to Linux, number one. That's why it's number one, because it just fucking showed up, finally. I'm waiting for a port of it. Forever! Party Hard is now available, now through July 4th, 75%. $3.22. Then, a game that I have waited for it to go on sale for as long as it's been out, and I've never managed to catch it on a better sale than this. Um, this is the first time it's ever come down in price to where I finally could pick it up. Crypt of the Necro Dancer, a dungeon delving rhythm based dance uh, wizard RPG roguelike. From the future, or something like that. Um, Crypt of the Necro Dancer, N E C R O D A N C E R, 75% off, $3.74. And that game almost never goes on sale and has never been on that steep of a sale. Speaking of never goes on sale, Anti Chamber, A N T I C H A M B E R, a, so, a book of a veritable Dali esque book of surrealist Dada games. Uh, in a uh, lo- it was like Portal long before Portal was even Portal 
very cool game. Finally, they managed for all the elements to come together, meaning have a Linux port that is available and not be at full price. Antichamber is now 75% off at $4.99. Oh, that's the other thing that makes this list impossible. I forgot to mention. Forgot to mention it. There is not a game that is more expensive than $4.99 on this list. Another game that we're all very familiar with at basically the lowest price that I've ever seen it being offered. Serious Sam BFE Edition. This is the this is like the equivalent of Serious Sam 3. It's the most recent Serious Sam game. Beautiful game, super fun to play. Ah! Boom. Uh, every time I every time I've ever said the word Serious and Sam together, I always want if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you have not played enough Serious Sam. Serious Sam BFE, 90% off, runs great on Linux, $3. $3.99. That's a hell of a game for $3.99. A favorite of this show, number five on our list. A favorite of this show. If you like Metroidvania crossed with like um, heavy inventory, uh, like RPG. Aspects. So it's almost like a, a side-scrolling platformer, um, but with like actual, you know, Diablo caliber intricacies in terms of equipment. And one of the funniest games I've played ever, Unepic, that's U-N-E-P-I-C, which never ever goes on sale, 69% off, now through July 4th, $4.02. There are 10 references to like seven different games in the first... 90 seconds of this game. The only game that has ever matched that land speed record is actually Retro City Rampage DX. But on Epic is brilliant. On Epic is awesome. It's a hell of a game, too. So that's on Epic. Number five. Number six, I think. Four Series M, Andy Chimmer. Three, four, five. Number six. One of the first games I ever got for Steam. A game that is that hasn't gone on sale to like a price where um, the people that I constantly recommend it to can finally actually pick it up, even if it's not quite their cup of tea. DEFCON, Defense Condition, D-E-F-C-O-N, everybody dies. Um, the game that accurately simulates in a multiplayer online fashion or in the form of a single player. However, we all go together when we go. If you want to go alone, crouched in a, crouched in a bunker... That's fine. You got a Fallout Shelter with just your name on it. You want to see? You want to? You want to roll the dice to see if see if the odds of you being the actual only survivor to make it out of your uh, particular geographical region alive? You want to see if that's you know da? Or if you want to survive together? Or if you want to watch as we all burn, baby? Uh, take control of an entire nation's nuclear. Mutually assured destruction uh, enabled fleet and make the tactical decisions that lead to the ultimate annihilation of life as we know it. Oh, it's great. Uh, Defcon is now 85% off at $1.49. It's an unbelievable game at $1.49. Now, if real-time strategy is not your cup of tea, or if strategic thought is not your cup of tea, but you do want to get your balls kicked so hard up your fucking torso that they explode out of your mouth like some sort of fucking vomitous, possessed, inverse, kinematic, fucking, oh my god! Blender model. Blender animation from hell. We're reversing the normals here. 
Uh, Volgar the Viking, maybe the hardest side-scrolling arcade-style pattern after, like, um... The one with the, yeah, oh god, not Golden Axe, but anyway, side scrolling platformer. It is impossibly difficult. Volgar the Viking, V O L G A R R, the Viking, uh, an adult swim game, one of their better ones. 75% off, $2.49. I don't remember ever playing a more difficult uh, side scrolling platformer. It's arcade side scrolling platformer, and it's at least three times as difficult as any arcade side scrolling platformer that I can remember. Um, from the, I have nothing but fond memories of the 80s uh, in terms of the time I spent in the arcades. Everything else sucked, but um, anyway, Volgar the Viking, it, I mean, it's gonna, if, if you want to see, if you want to take the Pepsi Challenge, just, just see if I'm off base when I say it's like three times harder than any side-scrolling arcade platform that you ever played in the arcade. Go get Volgar the Viking, it's $2.75, uh, uh, $2.49, so you won't even regret it, even if you think I'm totally fucking wrong. Up next, we have a turn-based, awesome military strategy game that's super fast to pick up, but has super depth. One of my favorite games, one of the best games ever recommended to me for any platform by Joe Jokimon Kendall, uh, who helped us out a couple weeks ago by uh, guest producing our This Our Humble Show, an episode of it. Number seven, Skulls of the Shogun, S-K-U-L-L-S, of the Shogun, S-H-O-G-U-N, 80% off, $1.99. Absolutely have no excuse not to go get that. Um, then number eight, because we're running out of time, and I have a special surprise for you, my little, my little monkeys. Oh, God, my list. I can't read my list. I know. Attack Byron Delta, go now. I'm not set. Uh, you worry about those fighters. I'll worry about the towers. Evidently, I forgot number eight on this list. So number nine. Number nine is one of my favorite games that I never talk about on this show. But I, I mean, I've talked about it before. Roundabout. R-O-U-N-D-A-B-O-U-T. Just don't even think about it. Just go on the Steam store. It's 80% off. It's $2.99. Just do as I tell you. Do as I tell you and go buy it. It's a top-down uh, game. It's you know, the, it's I know it's, there's so many of these games that like many of us are getting sick of them. But yeah, it's another one of those um, top-down, uh, time-based, bonus-based, uh, uh, full live-action acted cinematic um, arcade-like, you know, story-based retellings of. Uh, your traditional play mechanic of uh, being the uh, driver of a perpetually rotating top-down limousine in a cartoon world that's intricately detailed and, you know, the it's 360 degrees at all times. You know, I mean, how many times have we seen that, you know? So that's Roundabout. Just go buy it. Um, then, one of my favorite games from this last year, Not A Hero. Uh, go back and listen to a review of it on here if you want to hear about Not A Hero. I'm Welsh, baby! Not a hero. Uh, 75% off. $3.24. Surrealist, side-scrolling, pixel-based shooter with just the most insane sense of humor. Um, some decent gameplay. Uh, and some really good shootouts, but really, it's the sense of humor and the great voice acting and insane scripting and animations that make that game for me. And it is absolutely perfectly priced, $3.24. Go pick that up while it's still 75% off. 
So that's 10. Or 9, you know, whatever. Because I, I guess I missed 8. But why is the list of 10 the impossible 10? Because it's actually 20! So number 11! Oh my god! Number 11! Because we have 10 more. Pony Island! Which is a satanic simulation of trying to escape from the devil's own evil arcade machine. Pony Island. 40% off. $2.94. Number 12. Cri- uh, no, not Crypt of the Necrodancer. I got excited there for a second. Number 12. Bloodgate. The game featured so glowingly in last week's rant about a puzzle fighter-esque game. Well, guess what? Now until the 4th of July, even though this is a fucking new game still in early access, they have cut it by 90%. It is 89 cents. Go get Bloodgate. Um, I don't care if you don't even like games. I don't care if the only thing you like is your stamp collection. Go get Bloodgate. Um, number 13. 13, Blue 32. Saints Row 4. Got out of hell. 75% off. $3.74. Is it a sequel or is it just an 18 to 20 hour long DLC? No one really knows. It's difficult to say. But uh, it is, I think I'm almost positive that we decided that it was a standalone title. So there you go. Saints Row 4, if you want to scratch that itch, $3.74. Number 14. One of my, I think I nominated this as the best of our last episode that pitted all of the rogues and roguelikes in a quest to find the ultimate procedurally generated rogue like in our rogue challenge episode I think this was the one that walked away as number one risk of rain R-I-S-K of rain no one has ever seen risk of rain at this low price 75% $2.49 embrace it it will own you uh, then we have uh, number 15. Oh, okay, evidently Volgar the Viking was supposed to be somewhere else on this list. So let's see, can we find number 16? Number 16, Super Win the Game. Do you remember the 80s at all uh, as an 8-bit, as an 8 or 16-bit experience uh, playing on your console? Or maybe perhaps you even remember the Intellivision, uh, Astro Smash, or an Atari. You, you were one of the lucky ones Atari 2600 or Commodore 64. Anyway, Super win the game. 85% off. $1.19. It's unbelievable. Oh my god, Super win the game. The sequel's the award winning. You must win the game. And I say it was award winning because only if you won the game did you win the award. Super win the game. Super fucking unbelievable mashup of every fucking game you played on the good old fashioned NES. From Spelunker to uh, Kid Icarus and everything in between. All wrapped up in a shiny role-playing game, top-down, you know, map-based package. I mean, you gotta love it! Super win the game! Number 17! I know we are so out of time, but number 17! Battle Block Theater! Hattie Hatterson! Gage uh, in uh, single or co-op or competitive multi 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 mini game mayhem in Battle Block Theater, eighty percent off, two dollars and ninety nine cents. Number eighteen. Oh my God, my head is gonna explode. It's fit on too tight into my neck. The screw is loose. Number eighteen. Shatter. S H A T T E R. Of all the games on here that you think that no one's ever heard of, most people have not played Shatter, and out of 
all the games on this list, this is the one game you should really play. If you have fond memories of Arkanoid, Shatter is the best updating of the block, brick bouncing, block breaking, paddle based game ever. You know, there's nothing that even approaches its equivalent in terms of the modern age. Shatter, which also never goes on sale because it's such a good game, it's they have no incentive, even though it's an older game. Shatter is 80% off at $1.99. Do you, I can't buy a pack of cigarettes for $1.99, and I don't know the bar where I can get a double shot of whiskey for $1.99, but you, now through July 4th, can get Shatter for 80%. If you are within the sound of my voice and are near a computer, just, just, okay, just go and look at a video of Shatter. And then, you know, what happens next? It, it's natural. I, I know. It's the R99, so you buy it. Yeah. Um, fucking unbelievable. Visually impressive. Visually overwhelming. Um, take on Arkanoid Block. 19. Shadow Blade Reloaded. Which is like Mark of the Ninja, and I never got Shadow Blade up until like yesterday, so I only fired it up once. But everyone loved it, and I I liked it. Um, it's like Mark of the Ninja, but with a much more platformy, less stealth-based approach uh, to the side-scrolling ninja platformer. Shadow Blade Reload, super polished, seventy-five percent off, three dollars and seventy-four cents. And then finally, ah, uh, oh no, next to finally. Uh, let's see, what, uh, what did I fuck up? Where did I, where did I break it? Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, anti-chamber, unepic. System Shock 2, $2.74. Or no. Uh, I don't have a price for System Shock 2. System Shock 2, we're running out of time. So, oh yes, here we go. Gemini Ru, G-E-M-I-N-I-R-U-E. 70% off, $2.99. That actually is a click-based... Um, inventory-based, side-scrolling um, role-playing game. One of It's an entirely unique experience. If you like games that tell a story at all, and if you like pixel-based art, retro-style um, art in-game, uh, and you like unbelievable um, redefinition and modernization of uh, interfaces from traditional uh from traditional archetypal design patterns um, from late 80s, early 90s. Gemini Rue. Just go buy it, okay? $2.99. It very rarely goes on sale. And then our 20th game, our 20th impossible game. Oh, oh, the impossible 10 list. You see, it's also part of the reason why it's impossible is it's actually 20, but it's it's the impossible 10, so that's not possible because it's, it's 20, but it's 10. Right? Right? I don't know. And it would be impossible for you to really know the answer to that. Our 20th game is also... Uh, check out um, the blurb for this week's episode. It, our 20th game is also our video of the week for this week's episode. A game that I have had my brain sucked out by. And it is not on sale. It's at full price. And it is totally worth it. And it totally works great on Linux. And I hated this game when it was in the arcade. Pac-Man 256. It's impossible! Tell the sun to leave the sky, motherfuckers! So there we go. There's our entire list. Um, I don't think that I will be bothering to type all this up. Um, 
with the links and stuff like I did last week because that just seemed no one seemed to like that at all. <coughs> um, but there are two more honorable mentions. Why? Because it's impossible that we could go beyond twenty. Soma, a very scary game that I will never play. Blah, but a lot of people really love and have bought it as being very technical. Uh, technically beautiful and well designed and stuff and runs great on Linux. Soma, S-O-M-A 50% off, $14.99 That's, these are the honorable mentions, they're not on the list everything on that list, all 20 of those games can be had for underneath $5 many of them well under $5 you have no excuse I bought literally like 8 games for me from this list not 8 games for me, uh, what am I saying I bought, no, I bought 3 games for me from this list under $10. I bought five games for two different people and got out for under $10. It's like one of the best lists that we've ever had. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap up with Broforce. Oh yeah, join the bromance, baby! Broforce, 60% off. $5.99. And uh, happy 4th of July, everybody! Uh... Thanks for listening. Check out the website. Check out the blurb uh, for a link to uh, our video of the week, which is me playing Pac-Man 256. It is a heart-stopping three minutes of a thrill minute. Uh, it'll take you three thrill deep into digital ghost-based retro style, demi-isometric 3D procedurally generated power-up uh, power pellet Pentatonic pap, prolix prestidigitations will occur. Thrill deep in danger. Will he survive? And can we last? Until episode 89, I will see you next week with these and the answers to other questions here on the Best Linux Games Podcast. Thanks for listening. Check you later. Jump on the jump on this list. Press the rewind button. Go back 15 minutes and listen to it again. You need these games on Epic. <laughs> later. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.